Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Amen. I'm going to give you a review, part three of Kingdom Finances. We're going to turn to a scripture, but before we turn to scripture, I want to just give you a review for those who were not here uh, two weeks ago. So two weeks ago, I started a series called Kingdom Finances, and for those of you who are new, I've never done this before. I've never had a uh, a, 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 a series on on financial um, on, on biblical finances because I got so disillusioned years ago and hurt by just the hyper grace prosperity gospel, which was. Um, uh, all about the, the the bling and the and the cars and all that, and it wasn't about the the, the kingdom. It was all about self gain. Now I will talk about the fact that God does want us blessed, right? But there are several several factors that go in, into this. So the first factor we talked about two weeks ago was the principle of what first, right? Come on, somebody. Is this RCC? Is this RCC? All right. The principle of first was this. is in Proverbs 3, verse 9. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And so we discovered all throughout the Bible, this principle of first is actually there. I actually didn't even know that a lot of these principles were there. I just kind of read over them. But the principle of first is is an honor code for the Lord. So what is the principle of first when it comes to our finances is that as soon as we get paid, before we pay anything else, we honor the Lord by giving him our first fruits. Okay? And that's a principle. Some things in the kingdom, I was telling some young people the other day, uh, they're mysteries, and I don't understand them fully, but I just want to know that to be obedient to them. But it's all over the Bible. It says all over the Bible. Because remember, we talked about two weeks ago that the principle of first actually is uh, in Jericho. Remember when the, the, first, the first city that the children of Israel conquered after they were enslaved with, for 400 years was Jericho, right? And God said, which I never saw this before, that city is mine. Don't take the spoils. You could take the spoils from everybody else. But when you travel from Egypt and you go into the first land of freedom that you've had in 400 years, the silver and gold is mine. If you remember, Achan touched it and, and it caused a defeat for the children of Israel, but he wanted it first. Remember Cain and Abel. Why did God honor Abel's offering? The Bible says because Abel gave, come on somebody, of the first fruits of his flock. I never saw that before. I'm like, it's constant. And then, of course, we talked about the biggest uh, example of first fruit. This is just an exa- uh, a review that I'm going to go right into our, our part three. Is the, the widow that was the Lord told Elijah to go to a widow in a time of great famine when God had already provided several times supernaturally for Elijah. And guess what happens? So when she was about to die and get the food, Jesus for review, she, they're like, hey, she's like, hey, I'm about to die. I'm making my last food. And then Elijah had the audacity to say, that's fine. Give me a part of your food or cake first. Listen, when she did that, the Lord says to her, your jars of oil and flour will never run dry. So the principle of first affects our family. It affects our business. And so that is the, 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 what we had last week. Uh, Dan spoke about the tithe and offering, and it was just so powerful. Now, today, we're going to talk about something that um, is very important. Now, not all eyes, I want you to do that because we can't, there's other financial principles in the Bible that, that causes us to be blessed or break the pattern of debt in our life. Listen, that has to do is more than just giving, 
Uh-oh. Because sometimes we think that all we have to do is give for the Lord and there's going to be a magic money tree in our backyard. Hey, I gave to the Lord and I'm still in debt. I tithe every Sunday. Come on, I'm going to go there. And I give offerings and I'm still in debt. There's no, it's not working. And we think that giving and, and tithing is the only thing that we have to do in order to get uh, uh, freedom in the area of finances. But guess what? It's not going to get a money tree in your backyard. And today I'm going to talk about something that I know all of you need and all of you want. And those of you that want to be blessed financially, you have to have this principle. And it's the principle of biblical stewardship. We could be great givers but horrible spenders. Look at the first, look at the first one. one of the, the first slide. The, one of the most important financial principles in the scripture is the principle of biblical stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. Say stewardship. So we, we've all been given three main areas to steward in our life. Everybody say three. All right. We've been given three. And media team, follow me when I give my points because I'm, gonna, I'm just going to flow today, okay? We, we've all been given three main uh, stewardship areas to steward. And it's funny because they, they, they start with T. It's because just, it's just a preacher's thing, okay? We, we all, number one, have been get, uh, assigned by God. In the areas of steward, number one, for our time, okay? So we need to steward, everybody say time. Do you agree with that? So we need to steward our time. I'm going to give you the definition of stewardship in a second, but it's going to bless you because it's not only in the area of finances. We are talking about the area of finances, but it, it applies to everything in our life. Don't get lost today. This is important. Why? Money affects every person in this room. And I say this in love, but I've talked to some of you that money has... Uh, caused a lot of joy or a lot of depression. And remember, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And so what we do with it, we have to understand that it's from the Lord. Okay? So we all have been assigned and appointed to steward our time. What is our time? Our family. Come on, say amen. Our time with our occupation. Our time in schooling. Those are all areas that we need to steward in our time. I'm going quickly with this because we're going to talk about the third one, right? We've all been given the responsibility to steward our time with family. Say family, right? Are you stewarding your time with family? Are you stewarding your time with in, in, um, in schooling or whatever the, the Lord has you, right? The second thing is our talents. Say talents. The second thing that God has given us to steward in our life is our talents, our physical abilities. Listen, your gifting and your calling, how are you stewarding them? The Bible says he's given us gifts from his manifold grace gift of gifts. He's given us gifts for you to use. If you're not using your gift, then you, listen, this is for another sermon, but you're not being a wise steward. And God cannot fully bless someone that is not a wise steward. I'm going to pr prove it to you in scripture. We can't Pray in tongues to get our way out of everything. Do you hear me? There are principles that we have to get through, and that our challenges are gifting our calling. Now, here's the, where I'm going to land. The third main area that we are all called to steward is our treasure. So it's our, it's our time, it's our talent, and it's our treasure. And our treasure speaks of our finances, and it speaks of what you and I do with the money that God has entrusted us with through our occupation, our business, or whatever it is. Can I hear an amen? And so uh, how, are you steward, how you steward these three areas will determine uh, a lot of things that God will trust you in in the future. Can I hear an amen? 
So let's look at the first scripture. Let's look at Luke chapter 12, and this is where I'm going to dig in today. I'm going to give you some revelation about what a steward is. Now, uh, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but if I were to ask some of you, and some of you guys are, are good theologians, and you could talk back to me in this church, okay? You could say, amen, go on, pastor. You could wave your hanky on me, right? But so watch it. There you go. Thank you, that. Uh, uh, so it, just, just, just give me some pop, like popcorn, right? What, what, what's the first thing that comes in your mind when it comes to steward? Just somebody say it. Huh? Servant. Okay, servants. Uh, anybody else? When, when you think of the word stewardship or steward. Finances, okay. Consistency. Huh? Responsible. Okay, now, okay, now. Responsible, servant, money. Okay, so all these things come to you. Now let me give you what the Bible shares, what stewardship is. And I'm going to give you the Greek definition of stewardship. Watch this. And you're going to get blown away. And you're going to shout. Because I am getting free by, by studying this whole series. Look at Luke chapter 12. We're going to go, we're going to look at it first in the New King James. Then we're going to look at it at the Passion Translation. All right? Say Amen. And the Lord said, who then, oh, this is glorious. Listen, I've been meditating on this all week. Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Everybody, underline faithful, wise steward. Who then is that faithful, wise steward whom his master, who is our master, the Lord, who his master will, will make ruler, responsibility, Tito said it, right, over his house to give them their portion of food in due season. I want you to highlight this if you have your Bible. Blessed is that servant to whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will make him, that steward, ruler over all that the master has. Now I'm going to read that again. And I'm going to highlight something. He said, who is that faithful and wise steward? Everybody say, wise steward. This is key throughout this message. Say, wise steward. Because you could be a steward that's unwise. It's a faithful and wise. There's, it takes wisdom to be a good biblical steward. I'm going to show you why. And then it says this. Blessed is the servant to whom his master will find so doing. Find so doing what? Stewarding the affairs of the master stewarding the things that the master has entrusted to the servant. He said, blessed is the wise steward that takes care of what I have given him in the area of talent, time, and treasure. Watch this. What is the Greek word of steward? Here it goes. The Greek, word, uh, the Greek word definition of the word steward in Luke chapter 2 is the Greek word. You can look it up if you need to. Luke chapter 12, verse 42 through 42, 44. The Greek word is oikonomos. I can't even pronounce it. Oikonomos. O-I-K-O-N-O-M-O-S. Which means this, and I'm going to read it. So pardon me if I look down. I'm going to read the several, because if, if you guys are like me, do a word study. Uh, Greek or Hebrew words, they have several definitions, right? When you do word study, it's not just like love. No, there's, there's a whole bunch of definitions, right? So the Greek definition for steward is this. Oh, this is so good. A manager. A, that's the first word that popped up in the Greek lexicon. A manager of household affairs. A wise superintendent to whom the head of the house has entrusted the management of his financial affairs and resources. You're getting this, right? A person that takes care of the receipts and expenditure of the owner. 
That's a steward. A per, again, I'm closing here with this definition. A person that takes care of the duty of dealing out the proper portion of the finances and resources of the owner to other people that are working for the owner. So a steward is someone that is a manager that not just oversees, but is responsible to give the right portion to everyone that is in need. A manager actually increases and not just oversees as a part of the wise steward, which we're going to get in a second. So the word steward in the Greek means manager, right? But watch this. In the, in the Passion Translation, that same scripture comes alive. Same scripture. Look at that scripture again in the Passion. Luke 12, verse 42, verse 44. The Lord replied, a master will delegate authority. Now look at this. A master will delegate authority in his house to a trustworthy and thoughtful, come on, say that with me, manager. The Lord will delegate authority, more trust, to his house with a, for a thoughtful manager who understands the master's desires. And the household manager, which is steward, will serve others. That they, that they need at exactly the right time. That's a steward. And whenever his master returns, he will find that that servant has served him well because he stewarded well. Do you hear that? Do you see that? He served him well because he stewarded well. I promise you the master will reward him generously and will be placed as an overseer of everything he owns. Now, Many of us are believing for financial breakthrough, but we can't even govern the few income that God has given us. And I'm going to explain it in a, in a little bit later, but God will not trust us even with ministry. The Bible says, who will, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not faithful with uh, worldly wealth, who will trust you with, the, uh, with, un, with um, true riches? Well, a lot of people have misinterpreted that, that true riches is just... Uh, more money to the godly. That's not necessarily what it's saying because worldly wealth is worldly wealth. It's money. You do whatever you want with it. True riches, uh, true riches from heaven, some theologians say, are our people, our souls, ministry. So if God can't trust you with how to budget or how to, how to handle money, how can he trust you fully to serve God's people? If you're going to, listen, if you're not a good employee, you're not going to be a good employer. Oh, you better preach, Pastor George. Listen, if, if you are running late and you're cutting time and you're cheating the business that you're working for, it, when God ever or when God ever gives you uh, that portion, that little portion that you're supposed to grow in, and you will never be a, a, a person of an employer that will be successful in God's eyes if you're, if you're not learning how to be a good employee. And that's just the facts. That's just the facts. And so it's about stewarding what God has given you. So here's the thing. Why stewards are not lazy or wasteful spenders? Why stewards are not lazy, and I, and I highlighted lazy for, for a purpose, because we're all going to go to the famous scripture here, and we're going to read it together. Nor, listen, are they wasteful spenders. Now, what is a wasteful spender? That doesn't mean that you can't have your own stuff, and I'm going to get to that at the end, right? You're gonna, it, I'm, I'm growing on you here today, but a wise steward. Why am I not blessed? Why is my finances like, like a whole? Why am I giving and nothing happening? Because maybe we are not stewarding or managing what God has given us properly. 
Why is it that we could go to church and give or do all the things that the, the Lord says and not fully be, uh, reap those benefits? Because maybe there's some area where we're not stewarding ourselves. We're managing. So watch this. Not only is stewarding um, require wise steward and not being lazy. And I, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go to there in a second. But here's the thing, the revelation that I got. Wise stewards in anything, whether it's a gifting, a talent, uh, whether it's a time uh, uh, with, with, with family, also includes increasing, hear me now, please hear me closely, increasing what God has given you. Now, this is where I'm going to lose some of you. Please hear my heart. This is not manipulation. But biblical definition of wise steward is not just overseeing and maintaining. That's part of it. But it's also increasing what God has given you. We're never going to be a people that are fully blessed if we're living paycheck to paycheck because there has to be something that we have to do. So watch this. Let's all turn to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to go. We're going to read. It's, a, it's about 10 verses. We're going to read it together, okay? We're going to read in the NLT, and I'm going to prove to you that stewardship is not just looking over things. It's making sure what you do with what God has given you. Because some of you are not stewarding your gift, and you know what you're doing? You're sitting on your gift. But the Lord wants you to use your gift so it can multiply, right? And in the area of finances, and in the area, I'm just going to say it. In the area of finances, this is what we need to do as well. Watch this. Let's read it together. Are you with me? Matthew 25, verse 14 through 29. It's a little long read, but I'm going to read like Speedy Gonzalez here, okay? <laughs> Speedy Sotolongo, all right? Here it goes. Verse, verse 14, if you're there, say amen. And the NLT will be on the screen. I want you to hear this. I'm going to do an illustration in a second. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated. This is Jesus talking. Please hear with open ears. By the story of a man going on a long trip, this man, the master, he called together his servants. Now listen to me. And entrusted his money. That's the problem. I mean, I underlined that five times. It's his money. Listen, it's entrusted them with his money. The problem that we think is that what we think that's ours, it's not, it's, it's came from the Lord. He allowed you to open those doors to get those things. Yes, there's hard work. Yes, there's things you have to do. But there's things that you can't open in and of yourself. Now watch this. Watch this. He entrusted them while he was gone. Now read with me. He gave five bags of silver. Do you see that this is talking about money? Say five bags of silver. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, glory, glory to God. Give it to me, Lord. Two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing in the... Now, this, I, this is a powerful. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Look at me for a second. What abilities is he talking about in this context? Their ability to steward. It's not just your ability to, you know, play basketball. What, that would be out of context here. Or your ability to preach. He's talking about silver. He's talking about bags of silver. Then he said, he, divide, he divided each one, one, five, one, two, one, one, listen, According to what the master knew, their ability to manage. God can't trust some of you with $1,000. And I say that in love. 
because you're not, he's not, it's because you're not there yet. He, because if he trusts you with that, he knows that sometimes you will just spend it all and waste everything that God has given you. So he'll start you off with like $50 or $100 and see if you're faithful with that. Thank you for those two amens, right? So watch this. Let's keep on. Let's keep on. He left on a trip. The master left on a trip, okay? The servants who received five bags, everybody say five bags, money of silver, began to invest the money and earn five more. Remember just previously when I said part of wise stewards is not just maintaining, but also increasing what God gives you? Do you see? Now watch the heart of these wise stewards, right? The servant with two bags of silver went to work. Oh, my, God forbid. He went to work and used, in a sense, that two bags and earned two more. Oh, glory to God. The servant, uh, but the servant with one bag of silver dug a hole on the ground and hid his master's money. We're going to read fast now. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of what they had used his money. How they had used his money. Come on, say how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more. Do you see this? And said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. By the way, this is a little theological uh, sidetrack. This is the place where uh, you hear good and faithful servant. A lot of times we equate that to when we get to heaven and we're going to hear good and faithful servant. He'll probably say that. I don't know. But this is where the context is from. He said, well done, my good and faithful, say, say servant. Okay. Um, he said, you have been faithful. Everybody say faithful. Please underline this. In handling this small amount. Man, he called five bags of silver small amount. Okay. Watch this. So now I will give you, watch this, Tito. Oh, he, he's not there. Many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Do you see that? Now the master's saying, let's celebrate together. You, you were a steward what I gave you. You increased it. Praise God. Let's celebrate together. You hear me now, right? So the, so the servant who had received two bags of silver, he came forward. He said, master, you gave me. Everybody say, you gave me. See, these people understood that it was God. That gave it to him. You gave me. See, some church don't pe people don't think that it's God that gave it to him. You gave bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. My God, let's celebrate together. I'm closing here with this verse. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. Paul, look at me, look at me, look at me. How many people have told me they're afraid to use their gifts and that's why they're not using their gifts? And the area of money is the same thing. The reason why people don't tithe most of the time is not because they don't love the Lord, it's because they're afraid. I'm going to preach that thing. I was afraid. Now listen, in the natural, what this guy did in the natural was kind of a noble deed. You know, he's like, it wasn't like he stole the money for himself. But look at the response of the Lord. Watch this. He said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gather crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose, watch this, your money. He acknowledged it as his money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Now you would think, okay, fine. Here's your money back. Look at how Jesus replied. 
symbolic of the master. The master replied, you wicked and, and what? Remember what I just said? You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Hello? What are you doing with God's money? God's finances. The Lord spoke to me last night. If you're broke two days after you get paid, something is wrong that you need to adjust some things. Come on, I'm preaching good. I was just studying and I heard that phrase. He said, say it. If you're broke, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to be insensitive. A day after you get paid and you pay all your bills, something needs to shift so that you can gain understanding. And this is no condemnation because that is not the way that God wants you. He wants you to be able to cultivate stewardship and actually have it grow. Watch this. Then he ordered. Now, this is the key. I need everyone to zoom in on me. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant that had one and, and dug it and give it to the one, watch this, that has ten bags. Ten. Why are you giving it to the one that already has the most? I'll tell you. To those who use well what they are given. To those who use well, who I feel the Holy Ghost, what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have in abundance. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. They will have an abundance, but from those who do nothing, Woo. Those who do nothing, even what little they have, will be taken away. Now, okay, I want three volunteers. All right, all right, my son, Johnny, and okay, Brooklyn. Brooklyn in the house. Come on, come here. Brooklyn in the house. All right, come on, take, give it up for Rooted. Give it up for Rooted. All right, so, so, so I got, okay, this is bags of silver, right? That we're going to pretend. Get right here, get right here, right here. All right. So, Gabe, <laughs> so this is not, you know, switch, switch sides so she won't get, okay. Right. This is just an illustration, okay? This is not them, right? So the master gives five bags of silver to one, right? Gives two, this, this is silver, right? Two bags of silver to the other <laughs> and one bag of silver to the other, Okay? So, but, but he's saying, but he's, but, but baby, don't put it in your pocket yet. But he said, but he said, he goes, he goes, I'm the master and I know your abilities to steward. So I'm going to give you five, but watch this. The master, when he does that, he's expecting without saying anything because they understand stewardship that you need to, you need to grow this thing. You need to, you need to steward it well, but when I come back, make sure that you've multiplied it and used it wisely, right? So I'll give you five, give you two. Give you one. Now watch this. What, what the first thing that Jesus does when he comes back in the, in the story, and he goes to the one, and he says, I hid it. He first says, you're lazy. <laughs> right? He, sa he said, you're, you're lazy. Why didn't you do anything with what I gave you? Why didn't you do anything? Can I be honest with you? There's people sitting in this room, and you've done very little with what God has given you. Maybe because you're hurt. Maybe because you're fearful. Maybe because you don't believe in yourself. Maybe you don't believe that you have anything. But God has given you something in this area of finances. Watch this. Then he does something that in the natural seems very insensitive. And it almost seems, so watch this. He takes the one, the one away from the one that didn't do anything and gives it, not to the two, gives it to the one that had five and now had ten because they multiplied it. 
it almost seems like God is taken from the poor and given to the rich. Right? It almost seems injustice, but this is not what God is doing. What God is doing, he's taking from unwise stewards and giving them to wise stewards. Come on. Because why would God bless someone with resources, with finances, with talents and gifts if they're not going to do anything with it? Amen? So the stewardship is about not only maintaining but also increasing. Can I hear an amen? Okay. You guys, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. It's not much. You know, it's, it's right here. Give it to the church. Do you see where God is doing? He is, he is not giving, taking from the poor, taking to the rich. Look at this next slide up there. Look at this next slide. The Lord is looking for good stewards that he can bless so that they can channel God's resources to the people that need it the most. I want you to see that again. I want you to see that again. The Lord is looking for good stewards that he can bless so that he can so that they can channel God's resources to the people that need it the most. You know why God wants to make you a good steward of his income and, and, and of your finances? So that you can also be a blessing to others that need it the most. Remember, a manager, the definition of a manager, also makes sure that they have enough to take care of the people that God has entrusted them to. Uh, this is going to hurt. This is not my notes, but it just popped in my spirit. The Bible says in, one of, in, in the New Testament, if we do not provide for our own household, we are worse than an infidel. You know what an infidel is? A heathen. That's what the Bible says. I didn't write the book, so don't look at me with those stares, all right? If you don't provide for your own household... How could you provide for the household of God? God is looking. Let me, let me, let me say something. Your future responsibility was, is determined by how you steward something now. Because the Bible says, I'll entrust you with more if I could give you, if you're, if you're faithful with a little. But if you're not faithful with a little and you're always squandering the little and you're always spending, spending, spending and not ever, ever getting to the place of biblical stewardship, God will not trust you with more. You will stay where you're at. And it's the same with your gifting. Amen? Now, I, I want to see this. Uh, I want to see this. This video, I shared it about a year ago, but it goes with what I'm saying. It's about a three-minute video. Some of you remember this is about a year and a half ago with Miles Monroe, old video. But it talked about stewardship in a way that I've never seen. And while I was studying, I said, I want to show this video because there's a lot of new people. So I want to go ahead and show this video on biblical stewardship, but in the area of managing. Everybody say manage. Now, say this with me. How am I managing and stewarding the income that God has blessed me with? Let that sink in. Go ahead and play that video. Now, in your book, you say seven ways, seven ways to manage the crisis. Yeah. Give, me, give me just some. Pastor Benny, a little louder, of all, please. I believe that the reason God created man was for management. Really? Wow. <laughs> I've never heard, I have never heard it put that way. <laughs> when I read the Bible, people normally think I'm reading a different Bible. Let me read what was on God's mind when he made you. And I think this will help you going through this economic crisis right now. In the book of Genesis, I'm going to show you a verse you never saw before. Please. <laughs> I've read and reread and reread. Me and too, read until I found it. It says in Genesis chapter 2, it says, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, 
No shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up. Why? Because the Lord God had not allowed it to rain on the earth. Why? Because there was no man to manage the earth. <laughs> now, that's a verse you and I that's never saw. Marvelous. <laughs> this is powerful to me. First of all, God had a beautiful planet, but he didn't allow anything to grow, nothing to spring forth, nothing to emerge, nothing to prosper, because <laughs> there was there. no manager. <laughs> okay, a few things I learned from this. Number one, God will never allow growth where there is no management. Wow, wow, wow. So instead of praying for things from God, pray for the management ability. God, secondly, God will withhold things from you if you cannot manage them. Notice it He'll says. He'll withhold things. Read it. It says he didn't allow it to rain yeah. because there was no man to manage the results. So the next verse says, and therefore God formed the man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. In other words, God had a beautiful planet. No life was on it. Why? Because he first needed a manager. Normally we ask people, why did God create man? Our answer, to worship God. That's not what he says. He needed a manager. <laughs> I have so never the number heard one that. <laughs> I love that. The number one motivation for God creating man is management. Whatever you mismanage, you will lose. That is powerful. That's why management is so important in this process. Whatever you do not manage, you lose. In other words, God will never give you what you pray for. He will only give you what you can manage. You pray for a new house, and God's looking at the apartment that's unkept. So he only gives you what you've proven you could manage. Some people get jealous of your ministry, but they don't understand the machinery behind this ministry can manage all that's necessary here. And so the day you mismanage this ministry, you will lose it. Absolutely. If you mismanage your body, you lose it. If you mismanage your marriage, you lose it. If you mismanage your children, you lose them. If you mismanage your money, it goes away. When you mismanage anything, you lose it. And so in crisis, crisis is a result of mismanagement. And the way you correct the crisis is management. Talk about management. I had to share that because it goes so well with my message. I couldn't duplicate what he said. If you remember, Miles Monroe, he passed away several years ago, but he was a key leader in the body of Christ on leadership. But you, you didn't feel any hype behind that, right? There was no fluff behind that, right? And that's why I chose it because I don't like the fluff part, right? But let me tell you something. He said he will never give you what you pray for. He'll give you what you can manage. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. So if you're praying for something and maybe you're not giving it because it's the, actually the goodness of God that he's not giving it to you because you can't handle it yet. But when you do, that means you've graduated, you've been faithful in the little, and that God could trust you with more. He did not send rain on the earth because there was no one to till. That word till means manage the land. He's looking for wise stewards that not only are stewarding their time, not only they're stewarding their talents, but they're stewarding their treasure. 
Come on, let the conviction hit you. And I can feel some of you saying, oh, oh. Listen, if you want to be blessed, you need to be a wise steward over God's finances that you have. Come on, say amen. And so here are the attributes. Oh, I love this. What are the attributes of a wise steward? I've been talking about wise steward. You just heard about the steward means management, right? And as I was preparing this, I remember that video from a couple years ago, and I found it somewhere on YouTube, and I, and I send it. Now, I want to give you the qualities of a wise steward, okay? So I'm gonna, this is actually going to be a good teaching part, right? Now, if you have notes or if you have your phone, put your picture on it, because I'm going to give you, uh, I believe, um, real key qualities and attributes to be a wise steward. Here it goes. Number one. Number one. Oh, bless you, Lord. I mean, bless the Lord. That's never happened to me. Thank you. God bless you. All right, uh, attributes of a wise steward. Are you ready for this? Number one, live below your means. Everybody say live below your means. Now, I need to say this very clearly. Living below your means does not mean you have a poverty mentality. Okay? Living below your means is, means that you are honoring God's finances and that you're happy with what you need instead of what you greed. That means living below your means, listen, living below your means means you're happy to choose to be content with what you need instead of what you greed. In other words, living below your means means sometimes being satisfied and content. Remember Paul says, I've learned to be what? Content. I learned to be a base. I learned to be high. He's had it all. He said, but I learned to be content in every area. That means if you have Two children, and you have a three-bedroom house, and you have provision for each of them in the house, but it may be a small house, then that is God supplying your needs. If you live below your means, here's what you could do. You could start blessing your family more. You could start spending your time with family more because you're not spending four or $5,000 on a mortgage, and you have to now pay, you have to get two jobs to pay for a mortgage just because you want a bigger house. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have something bigger, and I'm going to get to that in the end. I'm going to bring a balance to that. But I think a lot of people, they enslave themselves with what they greed for, not even knowing about it. And they don't live below their means. I live below my means. It's taken me a while to get that what the Lord is trying to do. I choose to live below my means. I have a low mortgage so that I could do stuff with my family. I'll trade a high mortgage any day for more time with my family. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's why I can go out to restaurants. Why? Because I don't have a $4,000 mortgage. I live in a simple house that meets my needs. My kids each have a room. It's a small house, but it's my house. When you live below your means, let me tell you something. This is an example of good stewardship. Hello. Every person of wealth that I know, and I know a, lo- a couple of them, every millionaire that I know, hear me now, they all demonstrate to me without saying it, living below their means. Please have the balance. They're not dressing in raggedy clothes. They're not, no, 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 no. D- dump that mentality. What it is is ridding you from the need of greed instead of what you need. I remember I said it in part one, but I have to say it again. I'm going to say it a little bit different. But part one of my message, I spoke about this one person of wealth that I was, that, that, that one time there were, um, anyways, we were at an event and they were going to pay for the whole event for my leadership team. So I actually pulled in at the same time they did, right? 
and and he had these real cool like uh, uh, like Terminator glasses, you know, like Terminator uh, sunglasses. He comes out, I go, hey, man, thank you for coming, thank you for for blessing us, right? And as he's as he's as I, he's taking his glasses off, I go, I go, nice glasses. He goes, three ninety nine at the flea market. I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, what? <laughs> and I go, but. But uh, there's, you know, there's better glasses than that. I never, this is the part I didn't tell you. He said, I only need them for about 5% of the time while I'm driving. The rest of the time, I don't need it. Why do I need to spend more on something that I only need it when I drive from one place to the other place? He said, but most of the time, I'm in my job, I'm in my, I'm in my house, or I'm in my, or, or I'm in my church. Why would I need to, to spend more money when this could do the exact same thing that a $250, come on, somebody. I know I'm stepping on some toes, and I, I, I don't mean to, and I'm not looking at anybody. I don't even know who you are. I, I mean, I, I'm, just pre- I'm, just, I'm just preaching what God has put, told me to do. If you're struggling financially, do not get the most expensive things for what you could get a cheaper thing for, and it served the same purpose. Live below you. Every, listen, every person of wealth that I know lives below their means so they could bless people more. And bless their families more. It got quiet in this Methodist church here. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen right now. Now watch this. This is key. Everybody say, why steward? <laughs> I can feel the heat from some of the ladies. Like, Shh. You're telling me I can't get that. thing. No, I'm not telling you anything. I'm telling you you need to be wise with what you're spending. Trust me, I'm going to get to what you want in just a second, right? The second thing you need to do to be a wise steward is a wise steward needs to develop and exercise discipline. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord. Come on and get amen. Come on, someone say amen. Make me feel good. You're like, uh. a wise steward needs to develop and exercise discipline. How many agree with that statement? Look at it. A wise steward is not an emotional giver or an emotional spender. Now, this, listen to what I said. Emotional giver, that means, I means blessing people. Watch this. I talked to some of these millionaires. I, I talked to some of them. And I said, can I have a conversation with you? Listen to me. Zoom in on me. Watch this. And I said, and I said to them, we're close enough now that I could talk to you real, right? You could take that slide off, guys, for the people online. I said, how do you know who to give to? Listen to me. I said, if I could just real talk with you, you know, which is rare. I said, you're, 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 you're a person of wealth. You're a millionaire. A lot of people know you are. How do you just kind of bypass some needs and, and give to some needs? He goes, there's needs all the time. Watch this. He goes, I'll tell you the answer. He goes, we're not called to give to every need that we see. I'm only called to give when I feel the impulse of the Holy Spirit to give to that person. Watch this. Because if not, I'll be an emotional giver. That requires discipline. It requires discipline for you to not be an emotional giver. If you're like me, I want to bless everybody. You guys remember, <laughs> this, this just came to me. This is years ago. Remember MC Hammer? <laughs> MC Hammer? Remember, you guys probably know about that. Like, I can't even do it. You can't touch this, right? I almost pulled my groin. I almost like, <laughs> maybe I get healed. I don't know. No. I remember hearing a story years ago. MC Hammer was like, like on tour. He had these millions of dollars. Watch this. But he paid for everybody. He was just like, ah, oh, he's going to get them out the hood, get them out the hood, get them out the hood. That he actually said that one time in his, in his documentary. He felt that he needed to give to everybody, and he was an emotional giver. Listen, listen to this. I'm not just talking about emotional spender. I'm talking about emotional giver. You need to be directed by the Holy Spirit when you give above your tithe. 
so that, A, you won't be manipulated if you're a person of wealth. Ooh, that's good. So that you won't be manipulated by, hey, you know, I, you know, I was just wondering, you know, in my house, you know, kind of hint, hint, you know, my car, you know, it's like, uh, you know what these people tell me? They said, I wish I had a pastor like you. I, I trust, trust me when I say I don't, I'm not highlighting myself. You know why? Because I never manipulate these people of wealth to try to get something for me. I'm just their pastor. I said, how's your soul doing? How's your pa- family doing? Not, we need this at the church. We need this at the church. You know why I say that? Because when it comes time to giving and, and the Lord sees it, the Lord will put some, into somebody to, 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 to do that. Can I hear an amen? So the people, the people that are wise steward exercise discipline. And one of the definitions of discipline is to uh, show restraint. Everybody say restraint. Not only in the area of spending, but the area of giving. When you're already giving your tithe, now ask the Lord where and how. That's the, that's the key. Because you just can't be like, well, you know, I have some, I'm just going to throw everything. No, no, no. Be wise, steward. Say amen. Now, here's a good one. You're going you're to love this one. I'm almost closing. A wise steward saves. This is good stuff I'm giving you. A wise steward saves. Now, please hear me. Again, this is a tough message to preach. But most Americans, according to survey, have very little uh, discipline in saving. Now, we will never be good stewards if we don't discipline ourselves to save. <laughs> I, saw some, I saw some family members going. Now, watch this. I want you to see this. The Bible actually says almost verbatim that wise people or wise stewards save and foolish people spend everything. Do you know that the Bible almost says that verbatim, that wise people save? Save. That means save an account, save, save your income for some things which I'm going to tell you. But foolish people spend everything. Look at Proverbs 20, I believe it's 21. Look at Proverbs 21 and 20. I, I'm like, when I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness. This is a gangster scripture, okay? The wise, wait, wait, wise what? Where do we le- hear that word in today's sermon? Steward, right? The wise have wealth and luxury. Let's say this together. But fools spend whatever they get. <laughs> I didn't even know that was in Scripture. A wise, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So if the Bible says the fools are spending what they get, what do you think the wise are doing? Saving. Say saving. So here are some examples of stewardship in the area of savings. I'm going to give you five quick points, and then we're going to call, call the, the worship team. I'm going to give you five quick points or five quick areas in which we need to save. Biblically, and I'm only sharing this because if you do these things, I believe God is going to start taking you on a path to financial blessing. Notice I'm not saying all this hype stuff, but to, to get out of debt and to be blessed financially. Can I hear an amen? So watch this. Look at the first one. Look at the first one. The first area to save is save for the things that you need. Now, what are the things you need? Now, there are some people, I'm not recommending that you do this, but there's some people that, like, in their savings account, they have little brackets um, that their bank allows them to, to, to save, or some people have multiple savings accounts, right? Uh, but you don't have to. That long, long as you have a, a, a portion where you could save. Watch this. This is why stewardship. This is different, but I'm trying to teach it to you. Today is not the fire of the Holy Ghost revival today. I'm trying to teach what the Lord says about being a wise steward. So what do, we, what do we do for savings? Saving for your house, right? Saving for schooling. 
Those are important things. We need to save for transportation. Those are good things. A lot of times we get in debt for these things when we don't have it. Now, sometimes you have to do it. I understand that. But to be a wise steward, sometimes we need to start saving. Cutting back on certain things that, uh, that are maybe um, uh, not needful at that moment. You know, instead of getting in the pool or the backyard patio, just withhold that for a second. I've heard some people say, well, this year we're cutting back on our vacation. That's wise. Why? Because for a season, they were hurting, and they had to learn how to save, right? The second area to save, second area, look it on the screen. Second area to save is saving for emergencies. Saving for emergencies. What is, what, what is this? What is this for? We, we all need to have a buffer system. This is my opinion, and, we, and I do it for the church. I do it from personal finances. We need to have a buffer system of, of money not going below a certain amount, right, so that in case of emergencies, you have income to draw from. In the church, I'm just going to be transparent. I treat 20000 as zero. So I make sure we had always at least 20000 in the bank for, for, for the church. I treat that as zero. If it ever hits that, we're emergency mode. Why? Because it takes $30,000 a month to run, to, to run this. So I save. When we get extra income, to, uh, in the, you could tell Iris, you could, no, we tra- I transfer to the savings account so that we could have for emergencies. We all need to save for emergencies. Can I hear an amen? The next area that a wise steward saves in is saving for the future. So you save for the things you need. You save for emergencies. Are you getting something this morning? You save for the future. What is your future? Your retirement, your IRA, 401K, personal savings. You say, Pastor George, you, you're different. You look, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just jumping in the boat that we all need to learn this. I know you haven't not used to me preaching this way, but let me tell you something. We have to get to a place that we also treat finances right. And you know what? Uh, I remember in, uh, when, uh, about three years ago, my heart started going like this. Because I was contemplating my future. Have you ever contemplated your future financially? Seriously. Have you ever just sat down with all, stopped all the noise and go, I'm I'm almost 50 or I'm almost 40. How much do I have for my, what am I going to live on when I'm 65? You you need to start thinking about that. And I realized I'm not going to get into into detail because it's, it's a lot. But I, like everyone, made some unwise choices many years ago. Not so much in, in um, debt, but in, in, um, I, I allowed myself for 20 years as a minister, because I was a minister, not to take Social Security out of my paycheck because I was a minister. So 20 years ago, um, there were some people that were telling me, hey, you know, you're a minister, so you don't have to get Social Security. So I filed to be exempt for Social Security, right, for 20 years. And for 20 years, I was un- not unfaithful, but I wasn't attentive to the fact that I was losing money for the future. Now, some people say, well, you need to do that because you're not going to have Social Security uh, when you get retired. But I was an unwise steward because I said, all right, I could get money right now. I could get more money now, and I get it. You know what? And all of a sudden, I was thinking my future. I go, I have, nothing, I have hardly anything for my future because I've been a minister uh, for a good part of my life, and our previous church, God bless it, but I didn't have 401K at OHOP, right? And, that's, and so I had to be disciplined in my own self, right? So my heart started going like this. And then I called some people and I said, I need 
to get on board to have some mutual funds. I need to get some IRAs. I need to do it like yesterday. So I called some people of our church, and they set me up, and I've been going out it for three or four years. But, guys, 20 years I could have been, I could have been collecting Social Security for my retirement. You need to think about saving for your future. Come on, say amen. And I'm, I'm going to have the worship team come up after these two points. Number two, number four, I'll be real quick. Saving, forgiving for others, and giving extra to the work of the Lord. Do you know that I have a little, a little savings, a little pocket that I do just to give? Once, I, once, once we transfer some money to our savings account, me and Janice, we have some things from the church that sometimes we'll get, get say, okay, who, who do we bless? Who do you want to bless? And it's, it's really awesome to be able to give, to save, to give. I think everyone in here, deep down inside, would like to say, the Lord, I have saved this for the work of the Lord. I'm going to give it with joy. Can you imagine saving just to give to others? And, and so when the Holy Spirit tells you and prompts you, you're not going to say, well, Lord, I don't have it. You're like, oh, I've been building up. I have a couple thousand right here just to give to people in need. Come on, that is good. Right? That is good steward. You remember, part of being good steward is to give to the, the Bible says to give the resources to, the, to his servants. Right? And then lastly, and I have the worship team come up. Save for what you want. See, I told you there's a balance. Save for what you want. I want the worship team to come up here. For, save for leisure. Save for things you want. Now, that doesn't mean you can't put things on the credit card what you want to, but you better be disciplined and not use that credit card over and over again when you don't have the means to pay it off. That's how we get in the monster of debt. That's how we get into that debt right now that uh, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself in two years from now, three years from now, how do I get in this position? Amen? Are you falling asleep on me? I know this is different PG than, than you're used to. I want to get one last scripture, and then we're going to pray. And then for the visitors, remember right after church, we're going to be meeting with you. How many feel that you need this in the area of your finances? Come on. Amen? And, and, and here's, here's why I, I say that. Here's why I say that. Because when you are a wise steward, God begins to trust you with more. God begins to trust you with things. When I left Allstate Insurance Company, and we're going to turn to Luke chapter 16, and this is the last scripture. I Years ago, I worked at Allstate Insurance Company. Listen to me. For years, I made sure that when I, got, when I left there, I left as a top employee. I had a phone call from the top person of the state years ago. This is 19, sorry, 2000, 2000 or 2001. Yeah, right when 9-11 um, hit. And I remember the Lord saying, okay, launch out to Living Waters Church, where eventually it became OHOP. I was at the top of my, uh, of my performance. As an employee, my stewardship there, I didn't waste their time. I would study in my break time and preach in, my, uh, and preach in the middle of the, uh, for the youth group when I started my other church in my break time or lunch time. That's all. Then I would go back to the grind. The head of Allstate Insurance Company called me and said, is there anything we could do to keep you? You're one of our top employees, right? Plus they knew I was a man of God. I said, no, sir. I said, I'm pursuing my calling. I'll never forget what he said. He said that I can never compete with that. I left there in good standings. Now watch this. Now look at the progression. God was seeing if I could be trusted in Allstate. 
in the area of my talent, my treasure, and my time. He got me to living waters. Now, remember the story that I gave about stewardship where he gave one five talents? What did he do? He what? He increased. God gave me a small youth group for me to steward. Ooh, I get emotional. 20 years ago, he said, I want you to steward this well. And I got it from like 10, 15 people to eventually 200, 200, it grew. Every Friday night, some of the people that are key leadership position in this church were in my youth group back then. God wanted to see what I did with the youth group. Do you see the progression, the stewardship, right? And so I started with about 10, 15, by the Lord's help, had leaders that were in uh, 10 different schools doing prayer for nurses in school. We call it remnant clubs. The ministry grew. When it couldn't grow no more, the Lord says, now it's your turn. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'm going to tell you this. This scripture that I'm about to give you is one of three scriptures that the Lord gave me thunderously to say it's your turn. Because God will give you not what you pray for. He, can, he gives you what you can manage and steward. Hear me. All right. Are you ready for this? So then I became, I steward that. I passed it on. God said, okay, I want you to, to help Pastor Carlos with the pastoral side. The Lord helped use me in combination with him. Again, we all have giftings. Right? He used your giftings, okay? I think what we have to be careful is walk in false humility. Like, oh, no, no, no. God uses people. And so then he entrusted me a little higher position as the associate pastor of, of OHOP at that time. And I, we helped grow the church, the church side of it with fellowship activities. We, we de I've developed something called the minister on call list for all those that were uh, licensed or ordained minister. They would be on call to visit people. God was giving me something to steward. Now watch. Then he says, you stewarded that well. Now it's your turn. In 2016, when I was about to launch, this is the scripture that he gave me. Luke 16, verse 10. Woo. Luke 16, verse 10. If you're stewarding something well, he will trust you with greater responsibilities. I didn't arrive at this point just because I'm a nice guy or just because I'm anointed. No, we're all anointed. I had to be a good steward of things, and he's watching, right? Our future capacity to handle large responsibilities or large opportunities from the Lord is dependent on how we steward our time, talent, and treasure right now. You want future responsibilities that are greater than what you're having now? Raise your hand. You want future responsibility from the Lord. Greater opportunities. It's determined by what you're stewarding right now. You want greater financial opportunities? What are you doing right now with your finances? Don't tell me what you did 10 years ago. That's not what we're going to work. What are, you doing? what are you stewarding now? Are you hiding the money? Are you hiding your talent? Are you saying, I'm going to grow it? Each time the Lord God had me to steward something, the Lord had me grow it. And again, here's 2016. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. He spoke a couple of scriptures, but he spoke this to me. I remember where I was at. I was pacing. I was walking. I said, Lord, are you sure this is you? Luke 10, sorry, 16, verse 10 through 13. If you are faithful, son, in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, 
you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? Now watch this. This is is what the Lord spoke to me. If you are not faithful with other people's things, properties, ministries, fill in the blank, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And I was pacing back and forth, and the Lord says, you've been faithful to what belongs to another man. For 15-something years, I was there. I didn't want to leave. He says, it's your turn now. I'm like, Lord, I'm 44 years old. I'm late in the game. Like, most people don't launch when they're 44, a church. They launch in their 30s or late 20s. The Lord says, you've been faithful at all state. You were faithful with the youth group. You were faithful. And I'm not saying I was without mistakes. 100% I was not without mistakes. Everyone that was under me knows I was full of them. But I don't know why God trusts people. But he sees faithfulness. Watch this. He said, you've served Pastor Carlos and, and them. Well, it's your turn. I'm going to go because of the fact that I want to be respectful with your time. Some people say, if I have more money, I'll be a better steward. That's not what the Bible says. He says, if you have a good steward, then you'll have be entrusted with more money. You have to be a good steward. What are you doing with your tithe and offering? What are you doing with your income? Right? Let's position ourselves today. I want us to stand up. To be able to be entrusted. To be able to be entrusted by the Lord with more responsibilities but to open the doors of heaven for finances. Come on. I want you to lift up your hands right now and I'm going to ask you to make some adjustments in your heart. Come on. I want you to make some adjustments in your heart. If there's some areas that you're not stewarding well, it's, it's, called, it's a beautiful word. It's just called repent right now. And just get things right. Just turn it around and say, Lord, I want to be a good, wise steward. Remember, who is that wise steward? He's looking. That the master could entrust with his resources. I'm going to give you a, one last, while you close your eyes, a little nugget. Before we, worship, we sing one song and then we're going to dismiss. I'm going to pray for you. I say this with all humility. But because God was able to trust me with all those things, when the Lord trusts me with this church and with the supernatural ways that he's provided because I've chose to live below our means money the amount of money that comes in doesn't attract doesn't doesn't move me you can have you can ask Iris and them I don't know who gives in this church that doesn't move me because I don't know who I, if I'm preaching to the poor guy or to the rich guy I'm still going to try to preach the truth to you and you're not going to manipulate me by the amount of money that you have or don't have but here's my point my point is God has supernaturally blessed our church. If I didn't go through the ringer and be faithful to all these things, I would be tempted to use that money in the wrong way or for my own personal gain. I don't. Money has no, it has no tie in me. And I love blessing people, and I love the church blessing people. So I want you to lift up your hands right now. Come on. We're, we're, we're closing, I promise you. Let's just sing one song and let's ask the Lord to speak to us about this message today.
Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.